welcome back to Cyburst, a podcast about science, popular culture and entertainment. We're your hosts, Isabel and Ella, two science communication and sci-fi nerds steering this spaceship of fun into the multiverse of science. Today's episode, wishing and wishful thinking in pop culture. So we're going to be talking about the psychology behind our hopes and dreams mm. with a bit of a festive twist for this holiday season. Yes. And as always, we're going to start by jumping into some recommendations. And before that, it's really important that we acknowledge that this episode is being recorded on Ngunnawal and Ngambri country. Indigenous Australians are the first scientists and artists and we'd like to pay our respects to elders past, present, emerging and future. So it's time for our culture snap. Let's talk, Isabel, about yeah. some recommendations we have for our listeners today. Yeah. Uh, I want to recommend very, very sneakily another podcast, <laughs> another Canberra-based podcast, mm-hmm. actually, um, and also one that I have recently featured on. So... Uh, can highly, highly recommend this podcast. It's called uh, Conversations in the Capital. It is run by actually a mutual friend of both of ours, yeah. uh, Henry Zhu, who was on the solar car team when we both started. Indeed. Which is like so crazy. The back in 2019. Uh, this is his camera-based podcast series that is all about getting to know people in Canberra, places in Canberra, the cool projects um, and places that are open, ongoing, and their 20 to 30 minute episodes mm-hmm. um, kind of engaging with the community on that really uh, personal and individual level, Yes, which is really awesome. Uh, I was lucky enough to record an episode with Isaac <laughs> Martin, uh, also from Solica, talking about ANU Solar Racing, which was really awesome. But I highly recommend... Great episode. Thank you. <laughs> I highly recommend you just pick any episode and listen to them. Henry does an awesome job interviewing people and editing the episodes. He does. He's really good at it. And he's just, just a lovely person too. I think yes. it's so nice to have someone else also in the camera podcasting space, but kind of completely different. Oh, totally different. Thematically to what <laughs> we're doing. Uh, so if you want a bit of a change up, but you still want to keep it local... Yeah, I highly recommend Conversations in the Capital. Great. So for my one, we just wrapped up a cybernetic exhibition at my workplace. And since I can't plug that exhibition anymore, (laughs) I wanted to talk about one of the installations um, in it. So it was a blown up version of Kate Crawford's Anatomy of an AI System, which is an anatomical map and case study of the Amazon Echo as an AI system made up of human labour, data and planetary resources. And the reason I'm recommending it is because, first of all, it's super cool (laughs) (laughs) Um, and shows how all of our technology starts with and ends with the Earth. Super cool to have that as a reminder, right? Because it's so easy to forget sometimes. Yeah. And the second thing is because there is an interactive infographic of it online. I am a sucker for a good in- infographic. <laughs> and if you're telling me it's interactive, yeah, done deal. So you can zoom in, zoom out. The more you zoom in, the more detail there is about the system. Love. Yeah. Um, so if you want to check that out, just go to anatomyof.ai. Mm. So that's anatomy of full stop AI. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. really cool yeah so that's some recommendations yeah check them out everybody but let's talk about wishes ella can we take a moment isabel to talk about wishes kind of in not only popular culture so in in movies and in popular culture like media mm-hmm. but in the popular culture that is culture and cultural narratives and ongoing Yeah, ongoing stories and traditions. What is that conversation we have? It is popular in culture, therefore it is popular culture, (laughs) which means it doesn't have to be in entertainment. But it's interesting. I think so far all of our podcast episodes have kind of gone that route. And I think that's that's the route most people think about when they think of popular culture. Right. So this is going to be a little different. We will be throwing in some like entertainment and films and things in there. But this is kind of going to the root of 
popular culture and what it actually is and how deep yeah. it runs, I think, too. Yeah. Um, so wishes run through time. Yeah. Space and time and reality <laughs> and all those crazy funky things. And are especially popular during the holiday season. Is it December, Isabel? It is, in fact, December. Happy December, everybody. And potentially this is being released on Christmas Day as well. Potentially. So if you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. <laughs> and if you celebrate anything else this festive season, happy, happy holidays. Happy festivities. Um, so that's why we're talking about it for our December episode. But what's the science behind it? And how has it wormed its way into the popular culture narratives? Because it's so pervasive. And the more that we were thinking about wishes and wishful thinking and um, kind of the wishes as like a theme for this episode, the more we drew out of it and the more we realised it's kind of everywhere and also sometimes underneath different names, which we'll get into yeah. kind of further down as we go. Yeah, it's totally embedded in our everyday lives and to various degrees depending on the person. And the context. And the context. So, for example, as a holiday example, we've got Christmas wish lists. Write it on your wish list for Santa. <laughs> we got dream jars, wishing stars and wishing wells. Love. And one that I thought of recently, which we mm. didn't discuss in planning this episode, was prayers. This is true. Yeah. yeah. And um, Emma, which is part of the Shinto religion in Japan, where you write your wish on a little wooden plaque and tie it to the shrine oh yeah. i didn't know that was called emma that's cool yeah um yeah and i guess kind of going off prayers also spirituality and mm -hmm. the the concept of manifest mm. uh which i think is really recently come into the uh cultural consciousness the idea of like manifest reality manifest your life yeah um, oh, for sure. I have a lot to say about manifesting. <laughs> I'll get into it later on. But it's it's really, really interesting that there are all these different ways of describing wishes or mm. kind of like ways that wishes become agents or lenses that we view them through, but it's all kind of the same thing, right? Yeah. Um, and it's only when you start joining up all these dots and thinking about it, yeah, that we can see how many there are, like even – you know, blowing out your birthday candles, making a wish, mm. wishing on the first star you see at night, mm. uh, wishing from like an eyelash falling. It's kind oh, of like... Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that one. There's so many and it's kind of like things that don't happen super often, mm. but also often enough that I think we actually wish a lot and we don't realise we're doing it or think we're doing it. Yes. So super fun topic for us to talk about today. Mm -hmm. I wanted to start with, so hold, holding all of that in mind, all the ways that you'd think of wishing and wishful thinking kind of in your daily lives, really, yeah, really kind of culturally pervasive. I wanted to talk about that there is science. Mm. There is science, and I know that's kind of like a heavy-hitting word to throw around, <laughs> ooh, science, um, about knowing or about being told that something will have a positive impact on you yeah. and then it will happen. Yeah. So kind of going into the concept of manifesting, wishing coming true, all of that, mm -hmm. um, prayers that are answered. Yeah. And On same with negative too. And same with negative. I want to talk about the placebo effect. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Friends of the podcast, friends of me, um, <laughs> friends I haven't yet met. Placebo effect is one of the coolest things ever, I think, in science. Mm. Um, a placebo is a positive reaction to kind of a substance that is chemically inactive. So we often think of this as a sugar pill. Um, and the classic kind of example to understand placebo is if I want to test, like if a new, if we've never tested paracetamol before, mm -hmm. and I want to test to see if paracetamol works as an effective painkiller, I get all my people to do this study and I give half of them paracetamol yep. um, to see if it, and I get them to report uh, any changes and I give half of them a sugar pill or something mm -hmm. that is inactive, i.e. it will not kill pain how we understand it too. Mm -hmm. um, and because both patients are taking pills, we hope to see that the people taking paracetamol have a significantly 
increase pain reduction to people taking sugar pills. Because yeah. if they don't, then we know that the paracetamol isn't working significantly. Yeah. Um, and therefore, we need to go back to the drawing board and kind of have a look at this, you know, new medicine again. The really interesting thing is you can't just give one group um, paracetamol and one group nothing to check mm-hmm. their pain tolerance or to see if they've had any reductions in pain because the act of swallowing a pill mm. is also placebo. Yeah, like the mindset of swallowing, yeah. So mm. the mindset of swallowing something being, oh, this will make me feel better. Mm-hmm. That is actually also part of the placebo effect. And this is why we have sugar pills is because then we have both both control groups or yeah. we're trying to test for something. We need to make people believe that they're getting better mm. or you know, being told, hey, take this, it'll make you feel better. Uh, and there is so much or so many <laughs> studies done to suggest that having the sugar pill and being told this is paracetamol, it will make you feel better, will make you feel better because you have been told that it will and you believe it yeah to work so it will isn't the human brain crazy the human (laughs) brain is magnificent and i love it and i think that's so cool and there's so much that can come out of this um and a lot of studies are you know pretty much every medical study has to have placebos involved uh but there are also lots and lots of studies on placebos to understand why (laughs) patients respond to you know chemically inert treatments um and there's been a lot of these studies that have found that positive expectations that are both conscious and unconscious are key to placebo effects being driven so a key to positive um, impacts of the medicine or the non-medicine sugar pill uh so even even those that we don't realize are impacting us do impact us so there's a whole bunch of psychology behind it Uh, There's a lot we don't yet understand. Uh, And the word (laughs) placebo is uh, derived from Latin, and I'm going to butcher this, so please forgive me, my dear friends, uh, from the Latin placere, which is to please. I have a feeling it's probably pronounced more like placere, placere, because usually there's not a soft sound in Latin. Things I didn't know. (laughs) That is also probably not correct. No, no, I I pay it more than my pronunciation. Thank you, Isabel. (laughs) Uh, the kind of less cool thing about placebo is that there is also a nocebo. Mm. And Ella, you know, you know, I hope you're following along and you're saying, okay, Ella, so placebo is from the Latin of to please. What is nocebo? And this is a term derived from the Latin word nocer, <laughs> nocer, <laughs> uh, which is to harm, uh, which you're thinking, Ella, that does not sound great. No, no, it does not. And it <laughs> describes um, negative or adverse reactions occurring to also a chemically inert uh, substance. So giving, being given a sugar pill and saying, hey, this could give you a headache. Mm. Like a side effect of this treatment is it could give you a headache. You might experience a headache just because somebody has told you. Yeah, therefore your brain might be like, oh, I'm expecting a headache. Is this a headache? Am I feeling a headache now? Yeah, then you're second-guessing yourself. Then you're second-guessing yourself. <laughs> Nocebo is when you have a negative reaction to something that should not give you the negative reaction, the same way placebo is a positive reaction to something that should not give you a positive reaction Right. chemically. Right, so if we bring it back to wishes, mm. all this very interesting science, are we all just happy during the holidays because we are being conditioned to feel happy? Well, like maybe. Through wishes. And but we're also happy when other people are happy, right? So if we've got one person who's happy yeah. because they've been conditioned to be happy <laughs> or they're expecting to be happy, I think a lot of it's about expectations, uh, then we, we can feel that happiness and the happiness kind of builds. Yeah. Um, and if everyone's in a good mood, it's especially in Australia, it's summer. <laughs> we're all on holidays. True. The weather is nice. You know, vitamin D is making all of our bodies happy. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of different factors. It's a whole bunch it? of different factors. But I think the wishing aspect is playing playing a role as well. Yeah, hugely. And my favourite thing about placebo <laughs> is this, is that placebo can work even if you were told this is a sugar pill. Yep. If you were told... It's crazy. This will reduce your pain it's a sugar pill 
but it will reduce your pain. So you've been told that it does not have any active ingredient that mm. could possibly reduce your pain. But if you've been taking the placebo, you're kind of like believing and you're following that routine, that ritual. Yeah. You've got that wishing, you've got that expectation, even though you, you know, have been told it's not really going to help you, yes. but it could. Yeah you can still have really positive impacts from placebo. Unfortunately, same goes for nocebo. Mm. So you can have negative impacts. Even if you're told this is a sugar pill, it could give you a headache. It's not going to because it's a sugar pill, but it could. Uh, yeah. This is significantly to a lesser extent than if you're not told it's a placebo. Yeah. Uh, because oh, yeah, I, I was going to say it's important for us to distinguish that if you're experiencing the placebo effect, it is like if you're experiencing positive effects, it is nowhere near to the extent of having the actual medication no if it's a good medication yeah if it's a good medication but you can still experience slight improvement yeah which is basically what medications need to surpass to prove that they're yep. worthwhile taking and worthwhile yeah, exactly um yeah in the scientific field to study to become significant uh, i just think it's so wild that we can be told hey this is a sugar pill and our brains will still do the work for us and i think that definitely speaks to wishful thinking for sure um and wish fulfillment and it's only coming from internally yeah which is so <laughs> wild like you can you can if someone maybe dresses up in a lab coat and you're like okay this is a uh, scientific authority like i i trust mm. them because we know that authority plays into a lot of um behavior adjustments from people i just think placebo is a really really cool almost concrete and very uh very crucial to the way science operates yes is almost this idea of wishful thinking and, and wish fulfillment in the center of like medicine development because <laughs> we know that humans operate this way so we just have to do it yeah um and include this like placebo trials in most new medicine trials we're such strange beings how wonderful <laughs> i wanted to um mention something about the placebo effect please here and that the phrase the placebo effect is actually a misnomer it's a bit misleading yeah right because it's not it's not a single effect but the net result of many different possible factors contributing mm. to it you've touched on most of them okay what um, what have i missed i believe um what else is there to this story Actually, I think you've covered all of them. Oh, no, I've stolen all your words. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, yeah, because you mentioned it doesn't always require the belief that it will actually work. Um, I've just got all of the jargon for what you've talked about. But maybe we just save our, <laughs> I think our listeners from that. I think, you know, it's Christmas. It's festive. I think we can <laughs> we can do a little bit of jargon. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's do it. If you're down. I'm down. Uh, the first one is regression to the mean, which is where any treatment you take when you're... Oh, hang on, no, you didn't cover this one, <gasps> actually. Good thing we're looking at the jargon. Yeah, so any any treatment you take when your symptoms are severe is likely to be followed by a lessening of those symptoms. Because if you take it at the worst and it's only going to get better from it's there. It's only going to get better from there. So this creates an illusion that the treatment worked. Even though it could just be your body fighting off the illness. Yeah, exactly. In, you know, the way your immune system naturally works, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's just your immune system. Um, then the other two you did cover, which is reporting reporting bias in trials. Mm. Um, What's so, that? So because people are in a clinical trial. Okay, they're in that environment. Exactly. Um, and have been told this pill will make you feel better. They're going to convince themselves that it's uh, making them feel better. Yeah, and something I, I kind of glossed over is that um, other influencing factors that have been studied for impacts of placebo include subtle cues from posture and facial expressions of the clinician, so mm -hmm. of the person administering the placebo. Um, and whether or not they establish eye contact or physical touch as they explain <sighs> wow. or give placebo. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, the medicine, which you may or may not, like may or may not be the medicine, may or may not be the placebo. Yeah. 
So it, it really can come down to, yeah, even facial expressions, eye contact, physical touch of clinician in that environment. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the last one is um, people, because they're in a clinical trial, are also playing, paying closer attention to their overall health because they're like doctors are visiting them. Maybe they're, they're like, self-reporting. Exactly. You, so you're aware you that you're taking part in a clinical trial so you're thinking about it actively like you're yeah spending a lot of time on it and so you could apply this to wishing as well when you make a wish and then you take every little thing that happens and are like oh that's a sign that my wish is coming true is is this confirmation bias it might be a lot can we talk (laughs) a bit about confirmation bias that is that is a jargon term i'm so sorry listeners that's now four jargon terms in a row (laughs) confirmation bias is when uh, you are looking for an outcome. Yeah. So you see that outcome everywhere. Uh, so it could be like being told you're going to fall in love with a tall, dark stranger. <laughs> and everywhere you look, there's someone who has, you know, height or dark hair or as strange to you. And you're being like, oh, I've seen all these three things individually. That must mean my tall, dark stranger is coming soon. But it's just three very common things that you're now looking for and paying attention to. Yeah. Which is fine, like, (laughs) believe in love. (laughs) Believe in love, but uh, question everything and or be aware of the different factors that are impacting your brain because there's a lot about the human brain we don't understand psychologically and this is one of the things that we do know can and will take Mm -hmm. quite a strong effect on people. Mm -hmm. 100%. so this has got me thinking, Isabel. Yep. <laughs> the fact that my brain can have a sugar pill and be like, I've decided I'm not going to feel pain because I think this is a pain treatment. That feels like not something that's real. Mm. That feels like a fantasy. That feels like <laughs> fiction. Ooh. That is this a segue? This is a segue. <laughs> this is a red hot juicy segue. I, I don't think this should be real and I only know it's real because I've read the papers and I have trust in the system that is science to an extent um so I know that it's true but I just want listeners I just want you to picture that okay a sugar pill that can take away your pain because you believe it Mm. sounds fictitious versus (laughs) and follow me here the men in black memory eraser (laughs) I think the men in black memory eraser is more realistic or seems more true. Fact is stranger than fiction. Yeah, at first glance, honestly. And I'm going to present my case thusly. Okay. So Men in I'm Black. Keen. Men in Black, it is, what, a four, three or four part uh, movie series about secret agents who are protecting the world <laughs> from alien threats, but aliens are all around us. And it's kind of these characters who wear suits and look swish and cool. Um, and a lot of the time they see things and encounter things that regular humans don't and sometimes this means regular humans get caught up in it mm. and they see something that they shouldn't and the men in black have a memory eraser that can uh, take away or mess with your most recent memories mm. the thing with this is that we know that messing with or stopping the brain's processing of memories can alter or even erase memories. This is real. So we know we know that our brains can have issues processing memories. Yeah. Uh, this is, you know, kind of most understandable in the format of a head injury. So you've been playing football, you get hit in the head, yeah, got maybe it. you struggle to remember the last 30 seconds to 90 seconds of gameplay so you don't actually remember being hit in the head oh no concussion concussion you have you have a sore head so you know you must have been hit in the head your friends have all seen you go down but your memory is wiped because you got hit as your brain was processing that memory um and your brain was like struggling to keep up with it Mm. um and then because your memory wasn't processed it didn't go into short-term memory and then it didn't go into long-term memory Mm. so it, it hasn't because we memory oh, no memories are physical <laughs> so that actually is a bit of a process that happens mm. to store the memory in your brain we know it is real that you can lose a memory kind of pretty quickly so i want to i want to ask or propose and argue <laughs> that 
how is a device that can mess with your short-term memory seen as less believable than being told, hey, this pill will give you X amount of side effects, or by the way, it's sugar, and the side <laughs> effects still happen. So I think logically, knowing what we do about science, I think in this instance, Men in Black is more foreseeable than our actual reality. Well, this is my argument. <laughs> this is my thesis. Um, both of those things are unlikely. I'd just like to, or seem unlikely, I'd like to say. But I think Men in Black seems more likely and there's less to understand about the brain to understand it than the reality of placebo taking oh impact. Oh my God. <laughs> huh. How's your brain doing processing all of that? How, well? How's my brain's memory going? <laughs> Turning that information into yeah. short-term to long-term memory. Do you, uh, do you believe me? After this argument, was I convinced? I think I do. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like I said before, I think human brain is absolutely crazy. Yeah, it absolutely is crazy. The human brain, (laughs) Um, and I also think human brain is particularly crazy or like buzzing around this festive season, right? There's a lot going on. Let's kind of bring our chats because this is our this is our festive December episode. Let's bring it back to kind of more. Christmas pop culture. Yeah, so that's just like a bit of regular film pop culture. Yeah, so let's talk about Christmas songs. Okay! Okay? (laughs) You've convinced me, let's go. We all know Mariah Carey's hit, All I Want for Christmas is You, Ella. Oh my God, Isabel. (laughs) Um, We wish you a Merry Christmas. Did you just say wish? Yeah, I did. That's crazy. Uh, Deck the Halls with the Tis the Season to be Jolly. It is the season, and you will believe it's the season after listening <laughs> to this song. <laughs> so these songs are on repeat throughout December, right? Some people are very keen, and they start in November. Some people songs. start in October. I don't know how I feel <laughs> about that. Maybe maybe that's a bit too early, but you do you, boo. Uh, so try as you will to avoid them. You're I don't probably going to hear them. You will probably hear them. Um, and they are played so many times that it becomes ingrained in you. Definitely it sure does. <laughs> and it's conditioning us to expect a magical time during the holiday season. How bizarre that we have one month of the year where it's like you have to listen to these songs. Yeah. Like these are the songs you listen- don't listen to many of the time. And it's like, think positively, everybody. Your dreams are going to come true. Your wishes are going to come true. You're going to meet the one. Look like, forward to this one day of the year that's better than any others. Yes. For why? Um, so I want to talk about this idea of manifesting. Okay, I'm in. Tell me about manifesting as well. So you've probably heard the term around. I think our generation likes to use it as a bit of a joke. <laughs> certainly have yeah I think it's become so taken away from spirituality at this point that yeah. it's, it's just kind of a word tossed around it's just popular culture man. that's just culture baby so you, you might have also heard it called mind over matter Ooh. or the law of attraction or magnetism even and any American listening to this is going to hate me, but <laughs> even the American dream. Okay, that's got my attention. Yeah. Among many others. So there's lots of names. This is so ingrained. Can we just touch on that again? It is so a part of it our is. culture. <laughs> yeah, so, and I hate to break it to everybody, but it's a pseudoscience concept. <gasps> Tragedy. Um, that's been on the rise due to self-help movements and the wellness, the rise of the wellness industry. Um, anyway, I should probably define it. It's <laughs> basically the idea that you can make your wish or your dream come true just by thinking it and or saying it out loud multiple times. Yeah, I tend to find that saying things out loud doesn't normally make the thing that I say out loud happen. It's like like trying to use willpower to like will something into existence. Which is like a great concept, 
Uh, but if you're trying to like, you know, will dinner to appear in your hands without making it, uh, you've either got, you know, kind of a big, a big restaurant fee or a very, very lovely housemate. Yeah. But you, you can't make it happen just by wishing. Yeah. So Or manifesting. So this has come from religion mm. in the past, from a new thought spiritual belief that positive or negative thoughts will bring positive or negative experiences into your life. But please note, this is not supported by scientific evidence. I wish it was. <laughs> I wish I could will things into existence. Um, yeah, so most psychologists and scientists will tell you that you have to take actionable steps towards achieving your dreams. I mean, that sounds spot on, to be honest. <laughs> it's to do this thing, you have to like do the steps to do the thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could consider it a helpful first step, but you need to do more than that. Yeah, manifesting is a great first step to achieving your dreams. <laughs> Or wishes. Yes. Mm. Um, and so manifesting permeates pop culture, especially festive pop culture. Um, so, for instance, Wish You a Merry Christmas song is manifesting a good time. Mariah Carey's song is manifesting the one. And this is also a common theme in holiday movies. I love a good Hallmark film. <laughs> uh, honestly, they're formulaic. They only last for 90 minutes. You don't have to commit three hours of your life. Uh, <laughs> everyone is always happy in the end. It's nice. You kind of know what you're going into or yeah. in for. But I think they're centrally built around the idea of wishing. Oh, for sure. So we, t we talked a little bit about the movie A Christmas Wish mm. before recording. Um, and I found out that because I haven't actually seen this movie but I know that one of the characters slips in a wish that her sister will experience love for the first time Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh there's um films like love actually okay I love love actually yeah, best Christmas film of all time me too I agree it is so cheesy but a favorite Christmas film stunning um where the young boy is convinced that his classmate is the love of his life as well. And he's canonically what, like eight? Yeah. So little. And then, of course, seeing all of the manifestation work in fiction and in popular culture probably makes us think it'll work in real life. Does it make us want to achieve something that's unobtainable? That sounds about right. That's so crazy. Pop culture would never... <laughs> there's an episode on that somewhere oh gosh yeah yeah um so i also did some extra background research isabel i, I went to my favorite um compendium of logical fallacies and guide for navigating pseudoscience and fake news mm. which is the book by the skeptics guide to the universe <laughs> so good highly recommend um, and there's a quote in it that says, not only can we not change the universe just by wishing, doing so is actually counterproductive. So there have been studies that have found that it's actually had a negative effect. Wishing? Yeah. No, I, I want to believe in wishing. <laughs> I wish to believe in wishing. Wishing slash positive thinking. Okay. Yeah, so... Um, one example is a study that found who students who think about getting a good grade on an upcoming exam actually did worse than students who just imagined the process of taking the exam without thinking about it as having a positive or negative outcome. Okay, I can kind of see that. So, like, you think you're going to get a good grade, so maybe you study less, maybe you worry less. Exactly. You don't have the extra drive or motivation. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So it's like reducing the action component, mm. which is a not, not a good thing. Hmm. Yeah, actions, <laughs> I've heard they're necessary to, like, getting places. So I think it's good to have positive thinking yeah. plus action, though. You need to have the combination. 
And that seems to be what the science is suggesting too, right? Yeah, exactly. And the imagining the process you need to go through to achieve a goal is useful. Mm, like imagining the steps. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I also wanted to throw in this really funny <laughs> thing as well about pessimism. Okay, let's go. That it actually, pessimism correlates with higher earnings, fewer marital problems, more effective communication, greater generosity, and less overall disappointment. Oh, <laughs> I'm such but, an optimist though. But please note, positivity is still good, just not when it's excessive. And so manifestation and wishing all the time is excessive positivity. Mm. I hate to be a downer, but... That is a bit of a bummer. <laughs> I reckon we can bring it back, though. Mm. Um, when we first decided on this episode, uh, Isabel and I watched this TED Talk. Yes. Um, kind of about wishing, kind of about goal achieving. Um and to be honest, we came out of it and we were both like a little bit like, whoa, because <laughs> uh, it'd been a big day. And Oh, boy, had it been a big day. It's been a big day. We've, it's been a big year. Well done, everybody, for getting through the year. Yeah. Good job, listeners. Um, and we kind of came to the end of it and we just like stood, like sat there in silence for a few seconds. And I was like, is wishing just goal setting, but different terminology? Yeah, we had a very interesting discussion about that. And actually. I think not always, but I think it can be. Mm. And I think this TED Talk was trying to push us towards saying that you can achieve your wishes, your dreams, your hopes, blah, 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 by turning them into goals. Yeah, so I think it's, I think that is the... Which is similar to what I was saying, how yeah. you need to turn it into an action. It's like the next step. Yeah, so this is all about how we achieve our goals and there's this kind of category called implementation intentions, which is just a fancy way of saying, uh, what is my intention for how I'm going to achieve this thing? Yeah. And that is shown to scientifically help you to do the thing you want to do because mm -hmm. you're thinking about the next steps and the order of things to do. Um, so I, I kind of came out of this thinking that Achieving your goals is essentially achieving intentional wishes. Yes. Because we think often wishes are uh, not like unconscious, but are often just kind of like, oh, that would be nice. Yeah. See, it's the thing about, oh, I wish for this and then you leave it. Whereas a goal setting is being like, I want that. How do I get there? Exactly. Let's make it happen. Uh, I also really wanted to touch on quickly, um, but importantly, magical connotations of wishing. Yeah. Versus goal setting, which is more tonally formal and professional. And if you said to someone, oh, my goal next year is to release the sixth episode of our podcast. <laughs> versus I wish we could release the sixth episode of our podcast. One of them seems like you're yeah. putting in more effort. But oh, they, could, sure. they could be the same actionable path. Mm. But wishing, Depending on the person. Yeah. Wishing is kind of more whimsical. Um, yes. And has those connotations associated with it, kind of like you're swayed by fancy. Um, and yeah. I just wanted to talk about how the what, how the words we use impact how we frame it in our minds, but also how other people view us. For sure. Oh, I'm going to be getting into this in my individual section a bit too. Oh, exciting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I wanted to touch on kind of the the phrase careful what you wish for mm. like you haven't you haven't thought out all the bad things that could come along with this good thing you're wishing for uh but i feel like we are never told to be careful what we set goals for yeah like in the same way i think mm. people are like careful what you wish for if they don't think you've put enough thought into it but if you said oh my goal is to be a billionaire people are like get your goal yeah yeah um no matter who you have to push down for you to come, you know, rise up to be a billionaire. I don't know. I think I th words are so important. Um, 100%. Yeah. So I, I just want to conclude there by saying, I think the difference between wishing and having a, a goal is, is the active yes. part you play in it. Yeah. So you could think of wishing as, 
wanting something but just expecting it to mm. happen without action um hoping it to come true through some kind of magical force yeah perhaps and then a goal is more wanting something and taking the actionable steps to make it come true yeah so I guess if if you even if we want to take it kind of back to the first idea of how do we make a kind of festive podcast episode yeah is if on your wish list or if what you're wishing (laughs) for for Christmas is say a really specific pen uh, steps you can take to make it actionable and to maybe achieving your goal is to uh, tell someone about the really specific pen you want uh, or to send a picture of the pen you want to someone or to even uh, tell someone where to find the pen you want to get it. Like, mm. uh, Or buy it for yourself and give it to a friend and be like, you can wrap this up for me if you want. I really want this pen. <laughs> but, just, but only wishing for it and not doing anything about it is going to make it less likely to happen. Yeah. Because you're not you're not helping it. Occur. Well, then you're just manifesting. Then you're just manifesting. Turn your wishing away from manifesting. Turn it away from pseudoscience. Let's turn it into more into actionable goal settings and then your wishes will come true. Yeah. More often. Asterix. Then your wishes will come true, I hope. <laughs> and that's unwishful thinking. And that's unwishes. Yeah. But you know what I wish for, Isabel? What? I wish for you to tell me about how you are linking this to your individual section on our podcast. And this is me taking actionable steps by asking you (laughs) and holding you accountable as we're recording so I can find out, please. And thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I also want to dive more into language (gasps) here. Love. Um, I've been getting really into like, the power of language and linguistics recently because I've been mm. reading a book by a linguist so I'm kind of in that mindset mm-hmm. at the moment um and we've talked a lot about the role of psychology in all of this and words also have a role um words are power oh for sure oh there was a quote in a book that I read recently which was like language is a leader's charisma I was like, <gasps> yes, fact. Stop it. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Um, yeah, so I am totally fascinated by the power of language and linguistic choices in influencing our thinking and our behaviours. So using words like wish and magic and manifest, I think are more appealing to us than a word like goal which perhaps sounds dry um and may have a bigger impact on our human psyche mm. yeah i guess goal is really formal business-like it's it's something that you like expect to almost have like deliverables on yeah so it kind of takes the it's fun out of it in a exactly bit. it's taking the fun magical festive <laughs> aspects out joy of it. <laughs> yeah um and so i i did a bit of background research into this and words like wish and magic and manifest have religious origins and undertones mm. and according to a lot of linguistic linguists religious language is the single most intensely performative speech which means language doesn't just reflect reality, it actively creates it. Yes, yes, a thousand times yes, language <laughs> creates reality. Here we go, I'm here for this, I want to go on a journey. Yeah, so this kind of magical, wishful language makes the supernatural or magical seem possible or even feel real. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why it's so popular Mm. (laughs) I love this (laughs) I love this so much as someone with like an English background who you know anyone anyone like can read a book uh and we all kind of especially in the Australian system uh secondary education system have to do an English subject where we read and have to take it apart there is a reason why I chose to also study this at university level Mm -hmm. because I think language and words 
um, have so much to give to us that we take for granted all the time. And I just, I love that line about language not reflecting reality, but creating it. Yeah. And there's this like certain line of thought that is, we can only live in a world that we can describe or we can only experience a world that we can describe. Mm. So like until there is language to describe it, how can I communicate uh, my experience of the world with you? And if you have never had that experience on your own, maybe you will never have it until I have a a word or a phrase or enough synonyms and they give a connotation that you can kind of understand what I'm describing. Yeah, Language is so powerful. I'm so excited. (laughs) I feel, you know... Okay, the same type of joy you get from maybe you're at a Christmas market. Uh, yeah. It's four days till Christmas. The twinkling lights are catching your eye. <laughs> you're surrounded with the people that you love. You're feeling free. You have no work for like maybe a full week. You're excited. You're light. You're bubbly. It's warm. It's summer. <laughs> and you can just feel the happiness kind of like taking over you. Is this manifesting right here? No, <laughs> this is just a feeling of joy. And sometimes I get it because it's Christmas and sometimes yeah. I get it because people are talking to me about language and I'm having it right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm just language. really excited. I love language. I feel like I got a twinkle in my eye. Oh, I'm glad I could give you a twinkle in your eye. Thanks, Isabel. <laughs> so tell me, how are you going to relate wishing to X-Men? Don't worry, Isabel. For you and all my other avid X-Men fans out here, Congratulations, you're now an avid X-Men fan. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, I'm going to give you a twinkle in your eye by talking about my favourite character, Professor Charles Xavier. Um, And I want to relate wishing and kind of the more manifesting side of it, the Mm. wishful thinking, the, you know, kind of non-actionable side to his mutation, uh, which we can read as a superpower, mm-hmm. which is telepathy. And I want to talk about how this is kind of the the making real of the non-real. So like I said in that earlier example of if you really want this pen for Christmas, you have to do something about it to get the pen. Yeah. I think what is so fantastical about telepathy as a superpower, as a mutation for Charles Xavier. And for it's, you know, it's in kind of other comic books. It's kind of one of the more popular superpowers mm-hmm. uh, up there with like flying and being really strong or running really fast. Telepathy is one of the more common ones. Um, is that it is so wishful thinking because I could, if I can read your mind, I can pluck that you on that pen out of your mind. Ah, and yes. I can make it happen for you. In the same way that I could maybe be a mind reader and really want this pen and put the image of the pen in your mind with Mm. images suggesting that I'd want it. I think his power, not often explicitly used for this, I think it is uh, genrely and more generally uh, we like it and we fantasize about it because it allows us to kind of live in that fantasy about manifesting and about things being real that we don't action. Yeah. Oh, I think it did give me a twinkle in my eye. (laughs) Yay. Okay. Life goal achieved. Um, Yeah. I think there is a lot more that could be said there, but maybe Mm. I'll save that for a future individual section because uh, listeners, this is episode number five and finding five different ways to talk about X-Men not the easiest thing, not the most difficult, but I do need to keep some up my sleeve. So <laughs> maybe you'll just have to keep listening to our podcast. I think you will. I absolutely think you will. And yeah, let's let's wrap it up here because I really want to take a moment as well, and I know you do too, mm. to thank everyone for listening to our podcast. Uh, we have been releasing for six months now because our trailer episode, no, our trailer episode came out a month before and this is episode five. Oh my gosh. So it's, it's half a year, it's six months of Cyburst podcast. Wow. Oh my God. We should have brought some cake to I it. Know. Oh, maybe that's something we need to do afterwards. But we just want to thank, uh, I, yeah, we definitely want to thank you, our beautiful listeners. Thank you for yeah. supporting us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for engaging. 
for commenting on our Instagram, for sending us messages, telling us how much you've enjoyed it. Yeah. We've loved, loved making this this we year. Have, this has been so much fun. And we had a discussion on the drive on the way here. Mm. And Ella was like to me, you know, I think this podcast is the thing I am most proud of this year. And I was like, me too, Ella. It's <laughs> it's so cool. It's, you know, actually doing science communication. Yeah. Um, in a really fun way, in a way that interacts with people that aren't just in a little science communication bubble. Mm. It's really cool. I'm so happy we get to share it with you. I know our audience is growing to like comic artists. Oh, it's so exciting. <laughs> and we just want to say thank you for a beautiful year. We are so excited to make more podcasts for you and share more of our beautiful thoughts um, and themes and popular culture discussions of science and all of the rest of this with you Yay. next year in the new year in 2023 2023 oh, 2023 is oh. coming back don't worry every month one episode we're coming <laughs> for you and we want to wish you all a very merry christmas if you celebrate mm -hmm. uh joyous happy holidays happy new year happy new year lots of beautiful festivities no matter what you're celebrating i hope you take some time for you for your family to engage us in popular culture. Maybe some science. Maybe some science on the side, on the <laughs> down low, if you're feeling it. <laughs> and I want to encourage you all to answer our questions. <laughs> <laughs> and let's let's bring it back to wishes one final time. One final time. What a good theme. So where else has wishing and wishful thinking come up in pop culture for you? Mm, let us know because, you know, the more we think about it, the more we the more examples we find, but I'm sure there are so many we've missed. Oh my gosh, for sure. And what about New Year's resolutions? Ooh. Do you have any? And are they going to change after listening to this podcast episode? Are they going to become less like New Year's resolution wishes and more like New Year resolutions goals? <laughs> yeah, are you keeping it fanciful? Are you keeping it actionable? Let us know. We want to know. Yeah, and if they're science related too. Definitely let us know. Let us know. So stay nerdy, everybody. And we'll see you next time. We'll see you next year. Thank you to ANU CPAS for their support and access to their podcast studio.